passions defend us as thou hast been forever you will be oh great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness Oh, Lord. 
your name for you are faithful God Amen. there is none like unto thee yes oh God the shepherd of future the hour has come that you may bless us through your word Amen. let your word revitalize our mortal bodies Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus Amen Almighty sustain you with long life and Amen. prosperity Amen. let him take away sorrow from you Amen. this I speak prophetically in the name of Jesus Christ Amen Amen, Amen. Amen. bless you bless you I want to extend this grace to all of you listening to me uh, if you are under the influence of the Word of God this moment I just want to extend the grace of God into your life into your businesses, into your marriages, your families, uh, into your health. Whatever you touch, you lay your hand upon, it will prosper in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I extend the grace of God 
into your offices. And I pray because I know that promotion does not come from the east, west or south, but it comes from God most high. Because I know he is the one that lifts us up. So I pray that your miracle of promotion will be delivered to you before the end of this year. You will have a reason to testify of his goodness Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. amen. The, the reason why we say amen is amen is always agreement. When you pray and you share, believe in faith with me, you join me and you say amen. So amen is I believe. That's the sense of amen. It's not a slogan, but it's an exercise of your faith. Today we'll be preaching on a topic that says it's okay to be a slave. Today's topic says it's okay to be a slave, but not a son of a slave. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 I love this. I love this. I just got this inspiration. You know, I don't often say the Holy Spirit because I know every sin is forgivable. No matter sin you have committed is forgivable. It doesn't matter whatever sin you have done. We are all sinners. It's forgivable. But there is one sin that is never forgivable. You can never, ever be forgiven. It's when you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. So I'm very, very sensitive to the Spirit of God that I don't make use of that except God said so. I am very careful because I don't want to be among those that God will say, Jesus will say on the last day, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, because you use his name in vain, even though you use that same name to cast out demons. So I'm, I'm, I'm humbled to tell you that I got this inspiration today um, through the unction of the Holy Spirit to minister on this topic, and um, it, it kind of uh, amazes me that even though we have read the scriptures over and over again, whenever we read it, it's like I'm just opening it for the first time. It's like I'm just reading it for the first time. Take, for instance, John 3.16. Even the babies can memorize it. But each time I read the word of God, it's like I'm just, I'm just getting to read it for the first time. That's the anointing in the power of God, the revelation in his word. So I'm going to be speaking on this topic. It's okay to be a slave but not okay to be a son of a slave. Amen. Amen. Before we go into details, I just want to seize this very opportunity to thank each and every one of you, uh, those of you that are listening from uh, different social media platforms. Um, if you are listening on Facebook pages, I want to bless God for you. You're listening on uh, uh, Spotify through our Anchor podcast network. I want to bless God for you. Uh, those of you listening on Instagram, oh God, today something happened. We started and I realized something. When we began, how many years ago? We, we have been like under 50. <laughs> yeah. Under 50 at some point, I stopped, you know, checking to know what the Lord is doing on Instagram. I stopped. But today, I just got a message that blew my mind as I was about to go live because I don't check. I got a message that blew my mind. I spoke in an unusual tongue and uh, my, my brother here kind of asked me what happened. I said, you can't believe what the Lord has done. Oh, yes. We are over 12,000 
6,200 followers wow, on Instagram within weeks. Yes. To the glory of God. I'm, I'm, I was like, Father, what's this? This is a different uh, a blessing because, dear sense, we are not here to make money, but we are here to spread the gospel. Imagine out of 12,200 and uh, 6,000 decides to share the gospel. Do you know how many souls uh, that will reach? So I just want to bless God for what he's doing. I haven't checked other platforms, but I just... Wanna, because I got this message that blew my mind. I just want to bless God for what he's doing. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. So if you are watching on Instagram, God bless you. On Twitter, I want to bless God for you. God is doing something great on Twitter. I don't think we are two months old on Twitter. But uh, God is tweeting the message to his people. Amen. Amen. He's tweeting it very, very good. And uh, for those of you watching on YouTube channels, I bless God for you. God bless you. Please, I want you to subscribe on YouTube channel. Subscribe and uh, share this message. We just want this message to save souls, to, to, to heal someone that is under the influence of uh, bondage. That's the essence. We don't want our messages to go viral. No, we don't want it to go viral, but we want it to touch a life. So if you know someone, even if it's your enemy, please send a gift. Subscribe essence of uh, clicking hitting on that subscription bot uh, button is for you to get notification whenever we come live so please subscribe and uh, share the message by sharing the message you are being a partaker of what god is doing you're becoming an evangelist evangelizing the word of god amen. amen and finally i want to announce that by the by the end of this week our program event taking place in uganda um, this year will be published on the website so it will be published on my never my heroes website um, case you don't know is my never my hero dot org dot org my never you spell it the way Americans spell never Americans spell never as in n-e-i whatever 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 <laughs> amen, amen amen but instead of you know, the English version of the spelling ends with B-O-U-R. That's the neighbor for English. But for, I mean, when I mean English, like Europe, Britain, Africa. But here, instead of B-O-U-R, we end with B-O-R. B-O-R. So you can consult your dictionary. Amen. Amen. I'm under a different influence right now, so I don't want to spell in Latin. So myneighbormyhero.org, and uh, the event will be listed. So... When next I come, I will have more details. Hallelujah. I'm so excited. Something huge is going to happen this time around. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm ready to go. My ticket is uh, signed, sealed, delivered. So I'm ready to go. Hallelujah. Amen. So today is another beautiful day. And uh, we as minister, and in case you are just joining us, our topic today says it is okay to be a slave but not okay to be a son of a slave. And I don't want you to misunderstand this because whatever teaching we are teaching here, we, we back it up with the scriptures. And what does it mean to be a slave? What does it mean to be a slave? Most of us don't know the, the, the effect of slavery. And uh, the essence of being a slave is like when you are a slave, you know how to get out. 
you know your roots, you know how to go back. And uh, you, can be, you can be a slave in sin. Sin, can, you can be a slave, a slave into sin, deep into sin. But some of you don't even know how to get out because perhaps you are a son of a slave. What does that mean? Slavery in the sense that in most families, they say there is a generational curse. They don't know how to liberate that curse because they have no idea. You have struggled for so long. You have done so many things. They say people die prematurely. People die poor. Have you seen a family and this family is kind of, if you want to define a, 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 a hardship, you use that family to define because they believe it's a generational problem. Have you been in a situation, they told you that your parents, your, your grandfather died, uh, was a drug addict. Your, 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 your father it, uh, was also a drug addict. And you, you know, you could be an addict because it's a generational slavery. That is the message I have for you today. You know, it's a generational slavery. Have you heard? They said, oh, your, your great-grandfather died of suicide. He, he died of suicide and your grandfather died of suicide and, and your father also died of suicide because there is a circle of curse in that family but it is believed because nobody lasts up to the age of 70 or 60 or even 50 in your family. Something happens. They die prematurely. Do you know? And you, it's been expected because when you go, when you want to buy something like life insurance, the doctor will ask you, um, about your family, about your parents. You said they are late. How old? They use that to calculate and what they are trying to tell you because they die prematurely. It means it runs in your family because your family has been enslaved into premature death. So people believe that being a slave is when you are born physically. No, 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 no. Physical slavery is, 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 is not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about spiritual slavery. Spiritual slavery that we have enslaved ourselves into. Some of us have gone into that consciously, not knowing that we have enslaved ourselves into such. And it passes on from generation to generation. From generation to generation. The Israelites never knew that they were sons of slaves. They never knew that Abraham inherited that spirit of slavery when Abraham unconsciously disobeyed God through unfaithfulness. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch base with you in the scripture because I know there are some Bible-believing people listening today that wants to understand what is he trying to say. Abraham unconsciously enslaved his generation not knowing. Unconsciously he enslaved his generation not knowing by disobeying God. God made a promise to Abraham, but Abraham felt he could help God. He felt he could help God. You know, sometimes we are so in a hurry to, to succeed in life, but you cannot help the Holy Spirit. God told Jeremiah, he said, Jeremiah, the day you were born, I knew you. Before you were born, I knew you. Before you were formed in your mother's womb. I knew you. So which means that God knows what you will be in life. God has designed it in a way that it worked out well for you. 
God made a promise to Abraham, but Abraham tried as much as possible to help God. He didn't want people to make mockery of God. And what did he do? He slept with a bond servant. He slept with Hagar. By so doing, he contracted slave mentality. He imprisoned his people. By so doing, Abraham established what I called slave covenant. But he did not know. He did not know. He knew how he got into there because he was the person that initiated it. But the Israelites did not understand why they were going through what they went through. But there was somebody in the Bible, a, 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 a child to Abraham, Jacob, that realized that there was a problem and he needed to free himself from this slave mentality, even though he was a son of a slave. And he felt the need to free himself from this slave mentality. Today I want to talk to somebody because I want to let you know it's okay for you to commit that sin. It's okay, but it is wrong for you to dwell in that sin and raise your children through prostitution, telling them it's okay. And they will tell you your grandmother was a prostitute. Your mother was a prostitute. So you must be a prostitute. Oh, your grandmother died through cancer. He died of breast cancer. Your great-grandmother died of breast cancer. So you is likely to die of breast cancer. Slave mentality. You can see how people have been enslaved with sickness. But there was a woman in the Bible. Because slavery will make people to forget your name. People will give you a borrowed identity, even though you have a name. There was a woman in the Bible. The Bible referred to her as the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible said she was the woman with the issue of blood. And I began to question, she had that sickness only for 12 years. For 12 years, that woman had that sickness. And mind you, she had that sickness as an adult. She had the sickness for 12 years. So does it mean within that space of time, that sickness deprived her of her identity? Even the scriptures could not call her by her name. Slave mentality. She was enslaved in sickness because perhaps, perhaps her great-grandmother died of that same sickness. Perhaps her grandmother died of that same sickness. Perhaps her mother even died of that same sickness. But this woman was ready to break loose. She was ready to break that cycle of slavery in their family. She was ready. And the moment she heard that Jesus was coming, she made up her mind and said, whatever it is, even though my mother was bound and died of this sin, of this sickness, I am not going to be part of it. I don't need to speak to Jesus. I just need to touch the hem of his garment. That is the kind of spirit I want you to possess this moment. The spirit of obedience. The spirit of I can do it even though my parents were enslaved in this, but I am not going to follow that line because you are not bound in slavery because you are no longer a slave the bible says you are no longer a slave you are a child of god now how did slavery come from the beginning it came when adam and eve sinned against god disobedience and god tried to redeem us through abraham he made a covenant with abraham but he made two covenants because abraham broke 
the promise. He was unfaithful. And he introduced that slave mentality that I'm talking about. I'm not talking about what you may term as being a slave. No, but I'm talking about that slave mentality. Sometimes when we go to most prophetic churches and they will tell you, oh, you are going to die. That moment they have enslaved you with the spirit of fear, but you do not know. You have been enslaved. They use what I call, they, they operate in the name of bad Jesus. But most of you believe that they are spiritists. But they read the scriptures and they will tell you because God is not a reminder of evil. When God speaks to you, he changes your captivity. I've never seen a place in the Bible where Jesus saw someone and said, hey, you are going to die. Which means Jesus would at that moment be glorifying the powers of hell. So when you go to church, because the church, the house of God, should be a place of peace, a place of solution. That's why it is only the church and the hospitals that you will go, you will see a sign of cross, sign of redemption. So when you go to church and the pastor or the prophet or whatever he is called tells you, you are going to die. He will tell you you are going to die. If you reject it, it means you are not going to die. But the moment you want to hear more, his spirit, the spirit he operates, that spiritist, that spirit, that bad Jesus will possess you. Now you have been enslaved. And when you die, they, they will play it on TV for you to see the prophecy of the so-called prophet coming to pass. That is nonsensical. God wants you to be free from such slavery, such satanic slavery, because already it's in the church. Why is God so much focusing on the church on this last day? Because judgment will start from the church. Because a lot of people have risen with this false Jesus. No wonder the scripture says, on the last day, many will say, Father, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we raise the dead in your name? And he will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Why did Jesus not say, you workers of sin? Because sin is something you do unconsciously without knowing that you hurt someone. But when you commit iniquity, you know your targets, you know your results, you know your aim. Your aim is to depopulate the kingdom of God and populate the kingdom of darkness. So when people come to the church, for them to be free from bondage of sin, you inflict it upon them. You will tell them, your forefathers made covenant with the devil, that's why nobody is prospering in your family. At that moment, they have inflicted you with the spirit of fear, spirit of slavery, spirit of bondage. That is, you have been enslaved. At that moment, you listen to them, and they have no solutions. And you say yourself, if you were making $10 per hour, you would downgrade to $7. Perhaps you may lose your job, and then you become an addict, and their prophecy will come to pass. Spiritists. Spiritists can see, but they have no solution. Because what they see is what they will inflict upon you. They have no solution. You will go to them, they will tell you, this person will die. And you may think, the moment you accept it, you have been enslaved. And God is asking me to tell you, it's okay to be enslaved by them. But don't pass it to your children. Because you could trace your way back. You could remember that you weren't like this before until you listened to this false prophet that spoke fear into existence, into your life. Zacchaeus is a man I love so much. 
The people tried to speak to speak death into power, but Zacchaeus rejected it. The Bible says the moment Jesus saw him because he was a desperate man, and Zacchaeus was so desperate to find solution. He was a thief, a well-known thief, a tax collector then was a thief. And Zacchaeus had so much about Jesus because he was enslaved to stealing. He was enslaved and he was stealing. He knew that he needed a solution. Zacchaeus was stealing because, because the, the Pharisees were stealing. Because the chief priest at that moment, perhaps, he was stealing. So Zacchaeus said, if the priest, custodian of the law, was a thief, how much more me? But Zacchaeus saw a good man. He heard of Jesus, and the Bible says he was a very little man. So he climbed to the sycamore tree. He climbed to the sycamore tree to hear Jesus speak. And Jesus is interested in that person that is so desperate to hear the truth and to be free from slave mentality. Every power of darkness into your life, I prophesy, be free from it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Now Zacchaeus climbed the topmost tree and Jesus located him. Listen, what scared him so much? Jesus was not there when he climbed that tree. Jesus was not there when Zacchaeus was thinking of how to receive salvation. But there is something that shook me. Zacchaeus, when Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down, I will go to your house. I was expecting Jesus to behave like this. Zacchaeus, why are you a thief? But because God is not a reminder of evil, like I told you. When God speaks to you, begin to dance a happy dance. Because his eyes does not behold iniquity. He knew Zacchaeus was committing iniquity. His eye does not behold it. That was why when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and the Bible says the Spirit of God came and Adam, they were scared. And the Lord asked him, Adam, why are you panicking? Why are you jittering? Adam says, I'm naked. He says, who told you you are naked? God is not a reminder of evil. When a pastor tells you only prophetic evil, only doom, 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 run as much as your toes, your feet can carry you. Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down. Zacchaeus was expecting Jesus to expose him. But Jesus held his hand. As Jesus was holding Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was waiting for Jesus to begin to accuse him, to begin to, 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 to say things, unthinkable things, unprintable things. But Jesus held his hand and said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house. I want to dine with you. Imagine Jesus dining with a sinner. Dining with a sinner. Jesus says, I'm going. And the Bible says, as they were going, Zacchaeus did something. Zacchaeus began to, to think. And he says, Jesus knew my name. For knowing my name, Jesus should know that I'm a sinner. If Jesus knew my name, Jesus should know that I need salvation. Without hearing the gospel. But Zacchaeus heard the demonstration of the gospel. That's what we are all about. I believe in demonstrating it. Jesus demonstrated it when he held his hand without ministering a word. And Zacchaeus said to Jesus, Jesus, I am a thief. I have stolen from people. I am going to return everything. He says, everything I have stolen, I'm going to return it. He didn't say he's going to return it one time. He didn't say he's going to return it two times, not even three. But he said, I'm going to return it four times. And Jesus said, Zacchaeus, today salvation has visited you. Listen, brethren, 
Jesus did not say, Zacchaeus, today you are going to die because Jesus knew. If Jesus had spoken death into his existence, Zacchaeus would have been enslaved at that moment. But Jesus came to redeem those that were lost. Zacchaeus knew his roots, his, the sin that brought him to this bondage. He knew his roots because he was a slave. And Zacchaeus, knowing that if he could confess his sin and make reproach and restitution, that salvation would visit him. That's why I said, it's okay to be a slave, but it's wrong to be son of a slave. Because you may not know what is hitting you, but Zacchaeus knew. Now let me tell you something. The Israelites were in bondage for 400 years. Listen, for 400 years, they had four generations. For 400 years, they have forgotten a way, the way home. They don't even know how to get home. Even the third generation were there. They don't know how they got there. But what they forgot is that their forefather, that Abraham sinned. And Abraham's sin, they are paying the consequences of Abraham's sin. I will take you to the scriptures. Abraham sinned. And the consequences of Abraham's sin is what led them into slavery. If, they, if Abraham was alive, perhaps Abraham would have told them what he did that attracted the anger of God. But God visited them with the sins of their father, their forefathers. Their forefathers. And mind you, the fourth generation was not even before, before slavery in Egypt. It was, it was during the slavery. So which means, if you calculate, before slavery, we are talking about how many of the generations you are talking about. But Joshua was part of the, the third generation. Joshua was part of it. Uh, Aaron was part of it. But because they had forgotten how to get home, God needed somebody to bring them home. And God sent them a deliverer. God sent Moses for Moses to bring them home. Yet, they also enslaved themselves the more. Even though Moses came to redeem them. They attracted the anger of God. God brought them out. And the Bible says they sinned. And God killed all the third generations except Joshua and Caleb. Now the fourth generation made it to the promised land. Listen, I don't want you to allow sin that you have inherited to, to enslave you. Many of us, you have spoken death into power. When you say this life is too short, you are speaking life, death into existence. To me, life is never short. If God decides to take me home today, I have done my purpose. If I live, I live for God. If I die, it's my gain. So you cannot confess that death, life is too short, which means you are enslaving yourself with the spirit of premature death. You can see how you speak it into existence. Now see what Paul was teaching them, the Israelites, because they were so much enslaved into fear. And the Bible says in Galatians chapter 4, I want you to read Galatians chapter 4. For you to understand it, please read from verse 1, but I'm going to start from verse 6. This is the last scriptural uh, um, chapter that I will read today. In verse 6, it says, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. That's Abba means precious father. Verse 7 says, Therefore, you are no longer a slave. He said, I want you to underline this in verse 7. He says, Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then a heir, 
And if God, through Christ, which means you are heir of the kingdom, now see how, how fear possesses someone. Verse 8 says, But then indeed, when you did not know, you served those which by nature are not gods, but now after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is, the, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be bondage, to be in bondage? Now, being in bondage here is to be enslaved. Bondage. When you are in bondage, you are enslaved. And these people wanted to know more how this thing came about. And because I love Paul so much, I just want to read it so you can understand how Abraham enslaved them. Because God made a promise to Abraham, which would have been the only covenant. But because Abraham was so unfaithful. You know, Abraham is a man of faith. No one has faith like Abraham. But he was unfaithful. There's a distinction having faith and being faithful. Job was, faith, was unfaithful, but he had no faith. His faith was shaky. But he was so faithful. But Abraham had faith, but unfaithful. Amen. Amen. It was only Isaac that demonstrated faithfulness and, being, and having faith. He was the, he's the only patriarch that did not marry two wives. Even when the wife Rebecca was like, marry, marry, he said, no, he was faithful. How many of us can boast of that? He never cheated on his wife. He was the only one, the patriarch that never cheated on the wife, never slept with another woman. He was so faithful to God. Even when God asked his father to use him for, for sacrifice, he was very obedient, even though there was nothing lamb to be slaughtered. He was very faithful. I love Isaac. Hallelujah. I love him. So verse 21, Paul went in verse 21. I'm jumping the verses. Now, tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bond woman, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, and he of the free woman through promise, which things are symbolic. For these are the two covenants, the one from man's sinner, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar. I, I just hope you are getting this. Verse 24 explains this. The slavery we are talking of now, he says, for these are the two covenants, the one from man's sinner, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar. For this, Hagar is man's sinner in Arabia. Man's sinner in Arabia and corresponds to Jerusalem, which is now, which now is, and is the bondage with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. Does that make sense to you? Hagar, a product of unfaithfulness, represented here the law that Moses received on Mount Sinai. 
So, it represented it. Then, Sarah or Sarah represented Jesus. So you can see, we are no longer bond because we were bond to slave, the spirit of fear. A songwriter says, I'm no longer slave to fear, but I'm a, I'm a child of God. We were enslaved to fear, so much enslaved to fear, because the law was all about fear. If you don't do this, you die. If you don't do it, if you have your first son, you sacrifice. Every male child must be given to God as a tithe of offering. You must slaughter it. Everything about it was bondage. We were so much enslaved. That's what the Lord represented. But Jesus came that he may redeem us and reconcile us with Christ. So I don't want you to let anyone talk you into that slave mentality that the Lord put us into. I just want you to understand that you are a child of God. You are not a son of a slave. We were once slaves, but now you are child of God. You are here in the kingdom. No premature death runs in your family. That someone died of accident doesn't mean you will die of accident. It's, you, you don't inherit poverty because it runs in your family. But the day you start believing this, then you have enslaved yourself. And I want you to free yourself from slave, from, from slavery, from the spirit of fear, from bondage, from any satanic stronghold, because the blood of Jesus sets you free. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. Have you decided to follow Jesus? I have Decided to follow Jesus. Have you decided to follow Jesus? No turning back. No turning. As we sing this two more times, I just want you to reconcile yourself with Christ. Make peace with him. Say no to fear. Say no to anything that has kept you under bondage. Say no to anything that has placed you in custody of near success syndrome. You, you work so hard that you have nothing to show for it. And you are beginning to wonder, is it a curse? You are beginning to wonder, is this a curse? No, it's not a curse. But it begins to become a curse the day you speak it into fruition. So I want you to make peace and renounce every work of darkness in your life. Every negativity spoken into your life. I just want you to renounce it and accept Jesus and break the cycle of poverty. 
Break the cycle of slavery. Break the cycle of sickness. Break the cycle of death in your household. That you may be free. The Bible says, He, the Son of Man, sets free. Is free indeed. You cannot be set free and still be under this bondage. You have not been given the spirit of fear, but the spirit of liberty. As you make this prayer, I just want you to know that Jesus, Jesus is out there to set you free from bondage, from bondage. No matter what it is, he is not a reminder of your past. He doesn't care what you did before now. He doesn't care what manners have you made that decision to receive Jesus? Have you made that decision to follow Jesus? Have you made that decision to stand up and say, Santa, get thee behind me. You cannot enslave me anymore. I am free. And so shall it be. If you say this, that you are free, you are free. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. And hopefully we'll see you again on Sunday. Um, we have no time, so I want you to make sure you subscribe so that whenever we come live, you will be in the know. God bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Those of you on Instagram, God bless you.